Hello and welcome to the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Elsia Lee, also known as Lena the Jesus Witch on TikTok and Instagram. The Jesus Witch Podcast is a show dedicated to opening the conversation about including Jesus in witchery practices. The goal of this podcast is to not be evangelical. The goal is to spread the love, light, truth, acceptance, and oneness that is Jesus Christ himself. Here at the Jesus Witch Podcast, we believe all people are loved by God and all people are loved by Jesus. We believe in community and the power of fellowship. We believe in giving whatever you reasonably can to help your neighbor who's in need. And above all, we believe in the power of creating a relationship with Jesus that is authentic and unique to you. Join me for new episodes of the Jesus Witch Podcast every single Monday and be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Elsia Lee, also known as Lena the Jesus Witch on TikTok and on Instagram. And, and, and now I am on YouTube as Lena the Jesus Witch. So if you would like to follow me along on YouTube, I'm going to be posting like different spell things, um, story times, vlogs. We're going to be posting the podcast onto YouTube as well, um, rebroadcasting a few different episodes of the podcast to get them all on there. But yeah, we're building up a Jesus Witch YouTube channel. I will leave the link for that in the show notes page. So go give us a follow on there. This week's episode of the Jesus Witch podcast is actually inspired by my new YouTube journey because we are posting the podcast onto YouTube and this is going to be the first one that actually like airs there and I wanted to do a little bit of a you know meet Lena the Jesus Witch again um, because our first one was done well over a year ago a lot of things have changed my perspective on a lot of things has changed and um, I just wanted to do something that really reflects who I am today and who I believe myself and my practice to be at this time. But before we hop into that conversation, I just wanted to remind you of all the ways that you could help support the Jesus Witch Podcast. So we have our Patreon, where there's early and ad-free episodes of the podcast posted every single week, as well as audio transcriptions of the podcast. There are also tiers on Patreon geared to helping you learn more about Bible-based spell work or learning how to create your own tarot spreads. There's also one where I send you a package every single month with like a mini spell kit in it and we get together on Zoom each month and cast a spell together. It is so, so, so much fun. And then the final tier, there's a one-on-one coaching call with me option every single month. And I find those to be like extremely fun. We talk about your spiritual journey, what you're working on, any advice I have for you um, in ways that you want to incorporate the Bible, ways that you want to like start deconstructing, all of that fun stuff we discuss during these calls. And they're really in-depth and they're awesome. And I really love getting like hands-on and people's practices and I learn a lot and I feel like the people who are doing it learn a lot and I just I really love that that medium of teaching. Other than Patreon, the other ways that you could support the podcast are by shopping at my Etsy shop. I offer different types of readings, including channeled tarot readings with Jesus, Bible-based spell oils, astrology readings, all the things over on there. There's also a place in the show notes page where you can send a donation to the podcast, or if you want to support the podcast by simply following me on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, that would be extremely, extremely helpful with getting the word out about the show. While we're talking about the show notes page, I just wanted to remind you of my personal favorite free resource of that I offer that we offer, the Jesus Witch Church. Discord group. Our Discord group is a fantastic community of almost 300 people who are all on some sort of spiritual journey and just want to uplift one another. We talk about so many different things in the church and there's literally a category for everything from deity work to tarot cards to astrology even to fandom stuff. 
Also in our Discord group, we'll occasionally do hangouts or church services in the voice channels, which is so much fun and I love seeing people's faces there. So if you're 18 years or older and you want to join our Discord group, you can click the link that's in the show notes page or in the description of this video if you're listening to us on YouTube um, <laughs> to join us. And you can find the links to every other thing that I just talked about there as well. But now let's hop into our updated episode of Meet Lena the Jesus Witch. As you already know, my name is Lena. I'm a witch who works with Jesus and I am from New York. I am a Taurus sun, Taurus moon, and a Scorpio rising. I could literally sit here and list out my entire birth chart because I have it memorized, placements, houses, and all, but I won't bore you with that information. I will tell you, however, that I am a new moon baby, so my sun and moon are conjunct, and then I also have a Taurus Venus loosely conjunct my sun and moon, directly conjunct my husband's Taurus Venus. Um, so a lot of Taurus vibes, but then I do have that tricky little Scorpio rising that's at one degree and directly conjunct my 28 degree Libra Chiron um, that just likes to wreak chaos and havoc in my life. And it's definitely keeps this Taurus who all I want is stability on my toes. <laughs> Speaking of stability, the most stable thing I have in my life is my husband, Jack, my relationship with him. He is literally the best person I've ever met in my entire existence. Um, him and I met in high school, so we're high school sweethearts. We like instantly clicked in the sense that we both liked to like flirt and pick on each other at the same time. And we had a lot of banter, which was a lot of fun. And we still, we still do that. If you hang out with us, you'll see us like occasionally flip each other off. And that's, that's how we say I love you is by giving each other the bird. Um, but anyway, Anyway, he's super supportive. He helps out with anything that I ask him to. Like if you're a Patreon supporter in the Hierophant or the High Priestess tier, Jack has definitely packaged your Happy Mobile before. And he's probably pulled a tarot card or two for you as well because he absolutely loves doing that. Um, he started out not super witchy. Like when we met, he was more of an atheist. But now, especially with like the podcast and everything that I've been doing and how I've been teaching witchcraft to other people, he's gotten a lot more involved with spirituality with me, which has been so much fun. So he enjoys pulling tarot cards for packages. He enjoys doing spells with me. Um, he calls upon Jesus in times of trouble. He doesn't necessarily work with Jesus. Like his deities are very different, but um, he definitely is like, if something's wrong, I know who to go to and I know that's Jesus, <laughs> which I think is absolutely hysterical and I love it, but he's really cool. If you're curious, he's a Gemini sun, a Capricorn moon with a Leo rising. It's amazing. His chart is delicious. Um, <laughs> I, I love it. And his moon is in the sixth house, so he gets really fulfilled from helping and like being a nurturing person. So I just, I love his chart and I love him. Anyway, him and I have two kiddos together. We have Dexter. Dexter is my seven-year-old. He's like super chill. He's like my angel baby. He's so inquisitive. He asks a lot of questions, um, a lot of questions. Um, he's very insightful and like will ask, he's a Sagittarius. So he asks very like universal questions and like very existential questions and makes you think in a very philosophical manner. Like I mentioned, he's a Sagittarius sun with an Aries moon and a Cancer rising. So he's super inquisitive, super passionate, and very caring and intuitive with the people's emotions around him. He's very, very nurturing and such a good big brother. And he's so insightful with like me. Um, I very much appreciate his personality. My second baby, Scott, he's three years old. He is um, the incarnation of chaos. He's so funny, he's so cute, he's so snuggly, but he's chaos, like, oh my gosh. Um, literally, Loki is in my practice because 
He's so chaotic. Um, Scott is a Virgo sun, a Virgo Mars, a Virgo Venus, and a Virgo midheaven all conjunct each other. And then he has a Scorpio rising. Inherited that from his mommy. I was so happy to see that when he was born. I'm still happy about it, but it is chaotic. But then, then... To top this whole chaos cake off, he's got a Gemini moon in the 8th house. Oh, my Lord. Um, so pray for me with that child because um, I need all the prayers that I can get because he's literal chaos. Fun fact, when I was pregnant with him, I started to go in labor during Leo season. Um, but I really wanted another ver, like a, like another earth sign. Cause I'm an earth sign and my husband's an air sign and my first son is a fire sign. And I was like, if we have another earth sign, then it would be really balanced and we can, you know, bring down the air and fire energy. I got my earth sign. Oh yeah. I got another earth sign. Got the most chaotic earth sign I could possibly have. Absolutely love him though. He keeps things entertaining and his favorite color is pink, which makes me so happy because pink is my favorite color and I really like having that with him. Um, so like when I go to film TikToks and I like to wear like sparkly outfits when I wear TikToks, I'll have Scott come and pick out my clothes and he, if he doesn't see like the pink sparkle outfits on my rack, he'll be like, where's my pink? Where's my pink? I want you to wear pink. Um, so the reason why a lot of my TikTok videos I wear pink nowadays is because he makes me, but I think it's so cute and it's so fun. Um, but yeah, those are my kids. I love them. I stay home with them every day. I actually homeschool my eldest and I low-key homeschool my little one. I just don't really believe in school before like five years old, you know, because they just should play and explore at that age. But that's a whole story for another day. We could talk about my homeschool adventures on another podcast episode. And now a quick break from our show to talk about a few different ways you can help support the Jesus Witch Podcast. One way you can help support the creation of the Jesus Witch Podcast is by becoming a Patreon supporter of the show. Every supporter of the Jesus Witch Podcast on Patreon gets access to our monthly community oracle card readings, as well as access to a secret discord channel in the Jesus Witch Church. In that channel, you can leave any Jesus Witch questions or suggestions that you may have, and it's just a better place for us to connect as a Patreon community. We currently have five different Patreon tiers for you to choose from to help expand your knowledge on Jesus and Christian witchery. The first tier that we offer is the Mercury tier, and this provides written transcripts of each episode of the Jesus Witch podcast to make them more accessible and easier to take notes from. The next tier that we have is The Fool, and that provides early access to the Jesus Witch podcast, as well as ad-free episodes. The following tier is The Magician tier, which helps to expand your Jesus Witch knowledge with tarot spreads to help you connect with the Abrahamic Pantheon and monthly Bible-based spellbook pages. In the Hierophant tier, we go even further with Bible-based spellwork. Each month, members of this tier get access to an additional Bible-based spellbook page. I also send you a mini spell kit every single month with the ingredients to cast your spell. With this tier, you also get access to a monthly spellcasting circle that happens over Zoom where we cast the spell together and it's a really fun time. Our final tier is the High Priestess tier. This tier gets everything from the previous tiers as well as a one-on-one -on -one call with me over Zoom every single month to talk about your practice, where it's going, and what your goals are spiritually. Another way to help support the Jesus Witch Podcast is by shopping at the Sun and Moon Jesus Witchery Shop on Etsy. Over on my Etsy shop, I offer Talking to Jesus tarot readings, Christian Witch mystery boxes, Bible-based spell oils, astrology readings, and so much more. You can also help support the creation of the Jesus Witch Podcast by sending a donation directly to my PayPal or Cash App. You can find the links to both of those or any of the other ways to help support the Jesus Witch Podcast in the show notes page. And a quick reminder, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcasting app you're currently listening to us on. And give us a rating of five stars because that helps to get the word out about the show. 
If you would like to connect with me further, be sure to join our free Discord group, The Jesus Witch Church, and give me a follow on TikTok and on Instagram at Lena the Jesus Witch. Now let's go back to our show. But now what I want to share is my history with Christianity and what led me to becoming Lena the Jesus Witch. So I personally grew up Roman Catholic and I would say that I was more like casual Catholic than anything else because I would just go to like Sunday school or CCD um, and we didn't actually go to like church services super often except for like holidays or special occasions or like the every once in a while that my mom really wanted to go to service. For the most part, my parents didn't go to church, but they sent me to church every week, which I didn't think was very fair, but I really, really, really loved Sunday school. I remember genuinely loving it up until the point I was in like maybe fifth or sixth grade. That's when it started to become a little bit more challenging for me because I was actually being bullied in church. Um, I was being bullied in school and some of the kids that were in school bullying me were also part of my church and they brought the, you know, they brought the bullying to God's house because why not? Um, <laughs> and y you laugh about it so you don't cry. But anyway, they, they were bullying me while I was in um, my Catholic church and because of this I ended up being asked to stop going at around like the end of sixth grade, which for me wasn't that bad because like I said, I didn't really want to go anymore at that point. Um, but they made the reasoning that one, I was being problematic. I was causing problems for being bullied. And then two, I started like dyeing my hair black and like I was very into like the Twilight Vampire series and like more dark and like kind of quote unquote occulty type things. So they were like getting nervous about me being in the church, I guess. I don't know. It was a whole conversation um, about my appearance and the way that I was modifying myself and making myself look and the types of like content I guess I was consuming um, and me not being like a good fit for that church. So I didn't end up going back to Sunday school after that. I will say though, I feel like my time in the Catholic church, even though I was very young, it really created and solidified my faith. My Catholic church, at least what I remember of it, wasn't very like hellfire and brimstone, especially when we were little kids. I remember like having, you know, tests in CCD and, you know, one of the questions being like, how does God listen to us? Like, how does he listen to our prayers? And I wrote with love. And like, that's the things I was being taught there that God listens that he's loving that you know Jesus died for our sins so we could live a free life and then I would go home from church and my mom my mom doesn't believe in hell so I was never taught about hell growing up I was never taught about like hellfire brimstone you know being afraid of God I always saw God as this unconditionally loving being that was there for you that provided for you that gave comfort and safety and protection and for me he was never demonized as a small child at least into um, what a lot of people get traumatized with by the evangelical church and that's one thing and even the catholic church itself that's one thing I'm particularly grateful for for my personal catholic church I really feel like a lot of my foundational faith and how I believe in God and how I see him started there because of the openness of my teachers, because of their lovingness, because of the lovingness of my mom and her teaching me about God. Um, so I really, really, I feel like I, I got a good faith experience from that church, especially as a young child. I also feel like I should mention that a big reason I was asked not to come back to my Catholic church is because I was questioning a lot of the doctrine at that point. And I feel like that was my first taste of deconstruction. Um, so they were preaching a lot about how, you know, being queer is a sin and, um, you know, abortion is a sin. And I was like, are you, are you sure about that? Like where in the Bible does it exactly say that? And I was really, um, 
undermining the the teachings of the church and questioning it a lot. And instead of answering my question, showing me why the church believed what it did, it was kind of just like, Lena, you listen or you get out. So I got out. Um, But after that experience, I had the unique opportunity as a like middle schooler, early high schooler to explore churches on my own and explore what faith was without the lens of my parents or without the lens of like Catholicism on it. So I started exploring different non-denominational Christian, like evangelically churches with my friend. Um, She and I both really liked God, really liked Jesus. And so we bonded a lot on that and we wanted to go to church together. So we were exploring different non-denominational Christian churches together. um, And we found one that we both really liked and her mom really liked it too, which was important because her mom was big into going to church at that time as well. So we ended up staying at that church for like two-ish years. We went to youth group there. Um, We did retreats with the church. It was all right. There was a lot of purity culture in that church and a lot of like, you know, boys and girls need to be careful. And like, especially because we were at that like middle schooly, early high school age, there was a huge emphasis on that. I have a vague memory of going on a retreat with this church and like all the girls staying in a cabin and us having one of those like classic purity culture talks and then going down to a big service with everybody and it being like a cry night where you know they get everybody emotionally ramped up so that you give your life to Christ and you go to the altar and you just cry and at that moment like I did not realize how toxic it was I feel like because of the foundation that I had with God God being all loving God being like very accepting like not necessarily believing in hell I feel like these things didn't directly impact me as they were like impacting the people around me sort of thing so I remember like specifically at the cry night really feeling close to God and being like yeah like I need him like I want to have this relationship with him I want to have this like deeply intimate and personal relationship with Christ and you know just seeing like the way that people were being moved by spirit even though I understand now it wasn't the most positive thing it was inspiring to me in a way and I knew that that was like, that was the feeling I wanted to chase for my life. I wanted to have something where I felt close to Christ like that as much as I possibly could throughout my lifetime. We stayed with that church for a little bit and then a new pastor came in and my friend's mom did not necessarily like the new pastor. So we started going to another church and this other church, it was just not it for me. I just did not resonate a lot with the messaging. I felt like the pastor that was there was very, um... He gave me Joel Olstein vibes, but, like, more genuine, if that makes sense. Like, he was very, like, prim, proper, had, like, a very specific message, but he also genuinely cared about his people. And I know that for a fact because, like, my friend's mom still goes to this church and has a relationship with him and, like, knows him. And he's a very genuine man, but the way that he preached definitely didn't resonate with me the way it did with her. So I started going to church with another group of my friends from high school. And that is where I got introduced to the International Church of Christ. Um, I went on and off with my friends for years. We went to like their youth groups, Bible studies, um, like all throughout high school until I transferred schools because I ended up transferring schools for my like sophomore, senior year. Um, 
and that's the school that I met my husband in was the one I transferred to. But anyway, um, I was going to church with them in high school and I had a lot of fun in that church. They make, the ICOC makes the youth group, especially for teens, a lot of fun. And I think that I was um, separate enough from the church that I didn't get the major like purity culture messages, the whole like, if you don't get baptized in our church, you're going to die kind of thing while I was in high school. So I really enjoyed going to that church in high school because my friends were there. We had a lot of fun. Afterwards, we'd hang out. It was just a blast to go and hang out with them and go to church. And, you know, I'd go to a lot of their, like, Sunday services that were at parks. So we'd listen to, you know, the word. And then we'd go and get, you know, food together and hang out in the park. And, like, it was just a cool bonding experience. And I had really positive memories of the International Church of Christ for the blip of it that I went in high school. So like I mentioned before, I actually ended up transferring high schools So for my junior and senior year. So I stopped talking to my friends that I used to go to church with. I actually fell into like a brief period of like atheism. And I don't really know if it was me genuinely being an atheist and not thinking that God was real or me just have met a very cute boy who said that he was an atheist and me being like, oh yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the latter. That period of time didn't last super long because fairly early on into Jack and I's relationship, we found out that we were pregnant with our first baby, Dexter. And I feel like being pregnant with Dexter shifted that perspective for me where I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be a mom and be an atheist. Like, I want my kid to have that experience with faith that I did growing up, even if we weren't going to go to a church because I knew Jack wasn't really comfortable with us going to a church at that time. Um... And I was also not really comfortable with going to a church. Like, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to teach my kid about Jesus and like kind of and simply allow things to go with the flow. But then I gave birth to Dexter and Dexter's birth was honestly one of the most traumatic days of my life, if not the most traumatic day of my life. I was threatened the entire time I was labor in labor. Um, the nurses were bullying me. They were laughing at me. They were treating me with like just plain old shit because I was a teen mom and it was a really horrific and deeply traumatizing experience where like honestly I would liken it to a sexual assault because you know you're there you're naked you're laying on a bed and you have these nurses these people in power ridiculing you ridiculing what your body's doing ridiculing the way you're feeling about it and making you feel like absolute dirt and then on top of it they were threatening me the whole time. I personally identify as a crunchy mom. I'm definitely on the more holistic end of things. Don't get me wrong. I love my McDonald's. My kids are sitting out on tablets right now so that I can record this episode. Most of my homeschooling is done online. So I have like modern um, modifications to my crunchiness, but I'm, I'm a crunchy mom. And when I was giving birth to Dexter, I really wanted to have a medication-free birth. And that was not Dexter's plan for his birth. He needed to be induced and I needed the help of medications. And instead of explaining that to me when I was like trying to refuse and being like, no, I don't, I don't want that. That seems scary. Like, I don't want that. I don't want the risk of that. Instead of explaining to me why I needed it and why those medications could have been and were very beneficial in the moment, the way that the nurses got me to comply was threatening that they were going to call CPS on me. Um, to start an investigation and like try to take my baby away and I'm an 18 year old mom who already has a lot of anxiety who's already scared to death because I'm in a hospital giving birth having to use medications that I didn't want to do and my whole entire labor they're threatening to take my baby away from me it was truly a terrifying experience that shifted a lot for me 
After Dexter's birth, I had severe postpartum depression and postpartum PTSD. I literally felt like a shell of a human. You could see pictures of me, like, holding my newborn baby, and I, I don't even look like I'm there. The lights are completely off. Um, I was so, so, so deeply traumatized by this event. So in order to start healing from this event, I obviously I started going to therapy because you need to take care of your mundane health first. It is so important. Therapy is like one of the most effective um, methods of treating postpartum depression and postpartum PTSD. So that's what I did first. But then I started to go back to church with my friends from high school, the kids that went to the International Church of Christ. And while getting close to God during that time was a very healing and empowering experience, it was also deeply traumatic during a time where I was already traumatized and very vulnerable because they played on every single insecurity and vulnerability that I shared in order to get me trapped within this church. I was welcomed into the ICOC with open and loving arms and that's one of their tactics that they do is love bombing. They will make you feel like the most important person in the entire world so that you start relying on them for your social connections and relationships. To become a member of the International Church of Christ, you have to go through their like Bible study series. So I started to do that with my friends' moms. I feel like I should note that the reason I wasn't doing this with my friends were because they were guys. Um, and you know, guys and girls can't be next to each other and they can't study the Bible together. So I went to my friends' moms instead. In these Bible studies, I learned how to read my Bible, so I'm very, very thankful for that. But I also learned a lot about the hellfire, the brimstone, the having to be perfect and having to meet every single mark in order to be a follower of Christ, having to live in a very restrictive way, having to dress very specifically. There is a huge emphasis of being of the world, but not being a part of the world. Like essentially we're born on earth and we have to live here, but we don't have to conform to being here. And they would demonize almost anything that wasn't holy. So certain musics were off limits. Like I was not really allowed to listen to Taylor Swift, my personal discipler, who's like basically your mentor. She did not like Taylor Swift. This was during her reputation era. And she was kind of like, you know, Taylor Swift just needs to sit down and, you know, like basically being like she needs to obey the men that are in her life. And she's not a good woman because she's not listening. And at that time, I agreed with that message because they were showing me things in the Bible of how like women aren't supposed to stand up and speak. If they are, then a man should be the one speaking first. Or how like, you know, a wife's job is to please her husband and um, like to obey them. And I, so I believed it based on the Bible. I was like, yeah, we're meant to be more submissive. We're meant to be like lower than men. I feel like when I was in that church, I made my personality very small and very submissive in order to fit whatever role I was being told I had to fit in that church. I was in the International Church of Christ for about three years. And I know that doesn't seem like a long time, but I feel like those three years did a lot of trauma. I became very ashamed for being a young parent. I became very ashamed for Jack and I not being married when we became parents. I became very ashamed of myself because I have a lot of depression and anxiety issues. I was definitely forcing myself at that time to become something that I wasn't, become somebody who I wasn't in order to fit in with the church community. There were a lot of red flags that the ICOC showed me in the beginning that I just ignored because I really needed that community and I really needed that connection to Christ considering how depressed and traumatized I was at that period of time. 
And I did find a lot of comfort with being in the church, going to church every Sunday, having Bible studies. And I really, really, really loved reading the Bible. That became something that I was really passionate about. And I'm still really passionate about reading the Bible. I read my Bible every single day. It is something that's so important to me. And I learned how to do that while I was in the International Church of Christ. But while I was in the church, it was like presented, if you don't read your Bible every day, you're basically sinning. You have so much time in the day. You're scrolling on your phone. You're doing this, that, the third. You have time to read your Bible. And when I was there, I was reading it every day out of this like fear. If I don't read the Bible today, God's going to be mad at me. Now I read my Bible every single day because I want to be connected to Jesus. I want to feel his energy. I want to hear his word. I want to see what Bible verse comes up on the, you know, Bible app for the day because that feels like divination for me sometimes. Like recently I've been hitting the Bible app on hard days and looking at the verse of the day and it's completely applicable to what I'm going through. And I absolutely love that. I feel a lot more connected to the Bible now than I did when I was in the church. But anyway, one of the red flags for me was the guilt that they would put you through if you did not read the Bible every day. I briefly mentioned that I'm a chronically ill person. And sometimes it's hard for me to do things on a consistent basis every single day because of my illness. And while I was in the church, I was having a pretty much an immune system meltdown where I became allergic to everything in the world besides three different foods. It was horrible. Um, and I was really struggling with my health. I was really struggling with energy because I wasn't eating anything because I was allergic to everything. So I was tired all the time. And at that point, reading my Bible became really hard for me because I was sleeping a lot and needing more rest so that I could recuperate the energy that I was losing. This was not acceptable to my disciples. They were not taking the whole I'm sick as an excuse to not read my Bible. And they were telling me to wake up earlier in the morning. As somebody who was having a lot of trouble with energy and not feeling like they could function because they needed more energy and needed more sleep, it made no sense to tell me to wake up earlier in the morning to read my Bible and make me feel guilty for not doing that every day. They made me feel guilty on multiple different occasions for taking care of my body, taking care of my mental health, taking care of myself, and not being a quote-unquote dedicated enough servant to God and to the Lord because I wasn't sacrificing enough of myself. But at the same time, if I did not take care of my body, I wouldn't have been able to go to church and do what I was doing for the church. Because even if they tried to make me feel like I wasn't doing a lot for the church, I was doing what I could at that moment. I was participating in Bible studies, helping other people. I was traveling a lot and driving people all over the place to every single one of like the um, campus services. I was driving people into New York City. I had a car that had an eight-seater. It was an eight-seater Highlander. And I'd fill up the entire car and drive to New York City so that everybody could go to service and that everybody could enjoy being together um so I did what I could I just could not wake up early enough to read my bible that much every single day and they made me feel really bad about that Another huge red flag within the ICOC was their view on relationships and that you could only be in a relationship with somebody who's also a baptized member of the International Church of Christ. So it didn't matter if they were also a Christian and they went to like a Seventh-day Adventist church. No, no, no. They weren't Christian enough. They had to be from the ICOC and specifically be a baptized member of the ICOC. If they weren't, you were in an unequally yoked relationship and that was considered to be a sin. This was really hard for me at the time because Jack, like I said before, was an atheist. So I had a child with an atheist and I was being told that basically I'm setting him up for failure because only one of his parents believe and it's really important that I put more believers in his life. 
However, the biggest red flag for me of the ICOC was the way that they view queer people. They label themselves as this liberal church. You go in there, they talk a lot about racial equality, um, equality for women, which makes no sense because they don't allow women to speak in their church. So how are you advocating for something that you don't practice anyway? Um, but their biggest like conservative viewpoint was the way that they viewed queer people. I'll never forget one of our midweek services. We go to the church and they have a movie projector on and we were going to sit and watch a documentary together. And it was by this person. His name is Guy Hannon. And it was all about how he was a same sex attracted person. And, you know, because of the International Church of Christ and because of God, he turned away from that lifestyle. And now he had a wife and kids and basically was denying himself, proudly denying himself and his sexuality so that he could be a proper servant for God. This documentary was filled with a bunch of queer individuals who were talking about how empowered they felt to walk away from being who they are and just simply live a life for Christ, even if it meant never falling in love, never experiencing a relationship. They were basically branding this extremely oppressive and like chain-holding doctrine that the ICOC was putting on people into this like freeing and uplifting and empowering lifestyle. It was one of the most disturbing things I've ever I've ever seen in my life. I I remember walking out of that service and just feeling completely depleted and just like so weirded out being like how is this happening in New York? I live in a liberal town in New York and I'm being shown this here. How is this how is this possible and how are there people here that genuinely believe things like that? It was so confusing and so heartbreaking to me. I remember going home and just sobbing hysterically and being to like to my mom, like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to be in this church forever. Like, I, I like being in this church. I'm afraid to leave because if I leave, I'm going to go to hell because you need to be baptized in this particular doctrine of the church in order to go to heaven. But I, I can't live my whole life thinking that queer people are a sin, thinking that every queer person is going to hell, thinking that people, you know, who act on the desires that God put in their hearts heart to have a partner that's the same sex as them they're gonna go to hell like that made no sense to me and there's so many bible verses that talk about how like if you love then you've seen god and you've met god if you're in a loving and consensual relationship how is that not how is that not godly especially if both of you are christians so it doesn't matter if you both are guys or both girls like it really oh i i know like i went on a little tangent here but it's like something that so deeply disturbed me and so deeply traumatized me but I stayed with the church even after watching that because I was afraid. I was thoroughly afraid of leaving because like I said, I was afraid of going to hell. So this new fear of hell that I started to develop with the ICOC, coupled with the fear of leaving the church because of, you know, one, going to hell, losing my community, losing like the things that I've started to build and like also losing a relationship with Christ really scared me. I stayed in the church a lot longer than I should have after watching that documentary and things just got progressively worse and worse and worse and I felt like I was being controlled even more. Um, I've always been a person who is friends with a lot of guys. It's always just been me. I've always had more guy friends than girls. Now in my life that's definitely switched a little bit but at that time I was much more comfortable having friendships with guys and I was being told that that wasn't good, that I was like 
putting in a certain image out about myself and like I'm like well why do I care about what other people think and they're saying like well you care about what other people think because what they think about you could cause them to stumble and it was a lot of like putting pressure on myself to be perfect and be proper in order for people to get the right idea about God and I really took that like ambassador of Christ role really really seriously and it destroyed my mental health. So I started to express how unhappy I was with my church members, with my brothers and sisters in Christ, my disciples. And I also shared the fact that I was starting to get in a really dark place and I was beginning to feel really suicidal. I've always struggled with suicidal ideation. Um, and at that point it was getting really bad to the point where I genuinely had a plan of how I was going to um, take my own life if I really felt like I needed to. And I told this to, in particular, to one of my sisters in Christ who I thought was my best friend at the time and she was actually a psychology student at Columbia University so I felt like if anybody was going to receive that message of me not feeling right mentally it was her and I was expressing to her how I was scared of the way that I was feeling and I think like it's time for me to start exploring therapy again because I had stopped going to see my therapist um her husband had like a heart attack and I had to stop seeing her because she stopped practicing and I just didn't pick up a new therapist after that and my friend looks me dead in the face this girl who's studying to be a psychologist looks me dead in the face and says you know I'm pretty sure Satan's trying to get you out of the church by giving you this desire to go to therapy and talk to somebody else because right now what you need is more opinions from people in the church her saying that to me, somebody who I genuinely thought was going to understand what I, where I was coming from and what I was saying, really, 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 like, I can't even put into words how that made me feel about myself. I felt like a piece of trash. I felt like a crumpled up piece of paper lying there, to be very honest. It made me feel horrible and like my life was not worth it. So for a couple more weeks, I just keep trekking on. I keep going to the church, like just losing my fizzle out for Jesus, like completely, like just feeling really disconnected from him and disconnected from the word. I stopped reading my Bible. And one Sunday, I actually dragged Jack to church with me for this Sunday. Um, we're sitting there, and there was this guest preacher, and he was um, from Bend, Oregon. <laughs> I remember it so distinctly because of how impactful his sermon was to me. And he was talking about how he was in the army, and he had PTSD from being in the army. I have PTSD from giving birth to my kid. Granted, two different situations, similar diagnosis, okay? Um, and how his church encouraged him to go get help and go to therapy because he was experiencing suicidal ideation and he was being really angry towards his wife and, you know, getting borderline abusive with her and he didn't want to be like that and his church recognized that there was something wrong with him and they supported him and got him help. And the whole sermon was about how when somebody in your community is not doing well, it's your job to help them. And I, that sermon for me was a huge wake up call because I realized I was not in a community that was, had intentions of helping me. They had intentions of hurting me and keeping me trapped and making sure that I was obedient, but they had no intentions of empowering me and helping me and making me feel good about myself because if I felt good about myself, I wouldn't be useful to them. That was the last church service I ever went to with the ICOC. I was done after that. I knew that I could not go back how could I go back? How could I go back after that, after realizing how little I meant there? Um, so I walked away and it was really hard for me to do. 
Um, I felt really shitty about it. Nobody really reached out to me. My disciple reached out to me one time and um, we had a conversation where she was telling me that I was settling for my kids, that I was, you know, not doing what's best for them by leaving the church. Um, then I had another conversation with my other discipler who she actually was in an unequally yoked marriage and her husband was not really supportive of her being in church and her just like crying to me and lamenting about how horrible her marriage is because her husband doesn't believe in God the same way that she does and how he's going to go to hell and she's not and it's really like destroyed their marriage, her being in the church and him not. And for me, that was like more ammunition to just leave because Jack was supporting me. Jack wanted me to go to therapy. Jack wanted me to get better. The church did not. So where was I going to go? With the church that wanted me to basically like kill myself or with my husband who wanted me to get help and be healthier? So obviously I made the smart choice for me, which was to leave the church and go back into therapy. So that's essentially my history with church and my relationship with Christianity. I do want to mention that after Dexter was born, um, when I was really dealing a lot with the PTSD and like trying to make sense of why his birth happened the way that it did, I started to get really into astrology. Astrology was something that I studied throughout my entire time in the ICOC. It was like the one worldly thing that I could not let go of because it resonated so deeply with me and helped me heal so much from my trauma with Dexter's birth. The one worldly thing I could not give up after being baptized into the ICOC was astrology because of how much it truly helped me make sense of my life, of the birth I experienced with Dexter, of his personality and the type of mother I needed to be to him. It just helped me understand the life that I was living. And I really felt connected to astrology even while I was in the ICOC, while I was in that church. I did try to learn tarot after Dexter was born, just looking for some kind of connection to spirit. But when I got into the ICOC, I became really uncomfortable with my tarot cards and I actually burnt them as like a dedication to God to show him how loyal I am to him. You know, fast forward a couple years later and now I use tarot to talk to him, but I digress. After I left the ICOC, I started going to therapy again, of course, because I really needed therapy. But then I also started to hardcore study astrology again. I started to look at the transits of the day that I was baptized, the transits of the day that I left, and I just started making sense of my experience with the ICOC based on the planets in the sky. I also feel like I started to get closer again to God after I really started to hone in on my astrology practice and learning about it. Because in the Bible, it tells us how God created the stars. He hung them all up and he gave each one of them a name to be signs for us. So I took that to heart and I really started studying astrology as a way to understand God and understand the universe that he gave to us. I should also mention that right before I left the ICOC, I found out that I was pregnant with my second baby, Scott. So I knew that I wanted my spirituality be, to be in a different place before he was born. I was also planning a home birth with Scott, and I fully believe that as much as birth is a physical process, it's also a mental and a spiritual process as well. And I wanted to have that connection to the creator as I was going through creation, right? I was creating a human life and I was about to like birth it in the most like quote-unquote natural way possible. So I wanted to feel that connection to spirit in a, in a genuine and pure way that I wasn't getting in the church. And I feel like out of that desperation to have a connection with Christ, have a connection with the creator, while also being in that vulnerable state and that like almost like in-between world state of being pregnant, because like you're pregnant with a human, right? That's consciousness is inside of you, but it's also like in the spirit realm. So I feel like pregnant people have this like 
unique ability to connect with spirit like it's just for me pregnancy is extremely magical and I really honed in on that magic while I was pregnant with Scott and I really created a practice for myself I feel like my true introduction to Jesus witchery was my birth with Scott because I was manifesting so hard that it would go the way that I wanted it to go, that I was planning for it to go. And I was talking to God constantly about the plan. You know, I was asking Jesus a lot for his support. And I was actually like starting to light candles um, for a good outcome of the birth. I had learned how to light candles for prayer while I was in my Catholic church. So I just started tapping back into that. And instead of it being for like a specific saint or for Mother Mary, I would light my candles and start praying on that verse from Esther about being born as for such a time as this. I feel like Scott's pregnancy was really spiritual for me. And it was like the first time that I was intentionally tapping into my connection with the spirit realm, which was really unique as well for me. I remember at one point, my husband and I did not know what we wanted to name Scott. We wanted to name him Finn after Finn Hudson from Glee originally. Um, but we decided that name was probably not going to fit in our family because my cousin has a dog named Finn. And I, I just didn't want my kid and the dog to have the same name, you know? So we were looking for a new name for Scott and I asked Jack if he had any cool boy names in his family. He said Scott and I'm like, yeah, I kind of like Scott. That's a decent name. And the next day, my mother-in-law and I are cleaning out um, her basement and we found some prayer cards and some pressed funeral flowers from Uncle Scott's funeral. And right next to all of this stuff belonging to Scott, we found my father-in-law's old tarot deck. When Scott was in my belly, he never moved. He never like kicked me or anything like that. It made my pregnancy really anxiety provoking because I could never feel my baby. But I picked up this tarot deck and I swear this child starts doing backflips in my stomach. And I'm like, all right, that's interesting. Let me shuffle this and see what happens. So my mother-in-law and I bring it upstairs and you know, Jack's upstairs and I start shuffling the deck in front of him and the 10 of pentacles pops out and Scott starts kicking me like crazy. And I'm like, that's interesting. I didn't really know what the Ten of Pentacles meant at the time, but I saw a depiction of a family, of a woman and a man with two kids around them, and it looked like a lot what our family was about to look like. So I took that tarot deck and I started reading with it. And I would pull cards every day, um, just kind of asking Scott what, you know, he wants from me, kind of asking God for guidance, like what do I need to learn through this pregnancy? And with doing these daily pulls and reading from the guidebook, I started to learn how to read tarot for myself. The rest of my pregnancy, I just focused on learning how to read tarot, lighting candles every once in a while. But after Scott was born, I went full blown into witchcraft. I don't know what it was with the birth of that child, but it like sparked something in me. And I started casting spells. I started really manifesting for my husband and I to be in a different position in life and like get our own house. Um, I just really started to go hardcore on spell work and learning about spell work. I was learning about different aspects of witchery, um, what it meant to be a witch, what other people were doing in their practice. And then I was just taking all of these like witch craft tips and advice and then applying them into a biblical lens by adding a bible verse to it or just simply asking Jesus's energy to come and be with me as I was casting these spells. I did this for a few years until 2022 when I started to feel I guess a pull from Christ I guess that's really all I could describe it as to start sharing my practice online. 
at the time I didn't necessarily know why I was being called to do that but I started to do it I started posting when I would do spells I posted you know little things about spirituality and what I believed about God and after a while I started getting the idea to do a podcast I personally prefer to talk instead of write it's a lot easier for me I like getting my you know information out that way I am also a Leo Midheaven so I like listening to myself speak so podcasting was absolutely perfect for me so I was getting ready to start a podcast and I was creating episode ideas, writing show notes, and on December 14th, 2021, I was rear-ended by a drunk driver. I need to mention the accident because the accident is a huge part of my spiritual journey and a huge reason why I am here today. The accident gave me a perspective that life is short, you never know what's gonna happen with it, and if I wanted to create a podcast and I wanted to share my love of Christ and my love of witchery with other people, I had to do it. I had to stop planning it. I just had to go and do it. So that's what I did. I started recording episodes of the Jesus Witch podcast literally three days after my accident. Um, and I released the first episode of the Jesus Witch podcast on January 3rd, which was less than a month after my accident. And on January 16th, literally a month and two days after my accident, I posted a video on TikTok that in one day got 80,000 views. The video was super simple. It was literally just me saying like, oh, I'm praying God to take the temptation of witchcraft out of my heart as an evangelical, but now I'm embracing that feeling of wanting to be a witch and casting spells with God and teaching other people how to do it on the Jesus Witch Podcast. That video was the start of so much for me. It created our community. I got like a couple of thousand followers overnight because of that, which doesn't seem like a lot in the grand scheme of things, but it's like literally what started the Jesus Witch Church. They were the people who asked me for a community. So that's why we started Discord together. They were the people who supported the podcast originally and like kept me going. The beginning of the Jesus Witch podcast and the Jesus Witch Church all happened at a really interesting time for me because like I said, I was I just had gotten in this accident and I was just starting to realize um, the implications of the accident on my body, on my health. Um, I was starting to realize that there wasn't going to be justice involved for the accident, that for the person who hit me. Um, she basically got away with it, even though they, they, she hit my car and ran and, and they found her, but the t cop decided not to give her a ticket or like arrest her for drunk driving or anything. They just like let her go. And, um, at that time I was really, really struggling with my faith. Like on a personal level, I was asking God, how could he be a God of justice and allow this to happen to me in such an unjust way. And I kind of went into this space of like, I do so much for you. I've tried so hard to live my life for you. And the one time I need you to show up with justice, you're not giving it to me. The accident became a really complicated relationship between me and God. And I feel like he was showing me that although I wasn't getting justice in this like very, you know, cut and dry black and white kind of manner, I was getting justice in the sense that I was sharing something that was resonating with people on a deep level. Like, I, I'm not, I don't want to say this to toot my own horn and I'm not, I don't like to feed my ego that much. Um, but I was getting messages from people like all year last year about how my podcast and my content was helping them, you know, create a relationship with Christ after years of religious trauma or from like queer people saying that like my content helped them start to accept themselves and accept that they could have a relationship with God because at the end of the day, Jesus just wants us to be our authentic selves. That's something that I'm big on preaching and on saying. Um, 
I was getting messages from people who were telling me that they were showing my content to their parents, to their families, to explain to them what they believed and how they believed in God. And during this time where I was experiencing the most depressing and painful year of my life, I was also seeing, witnessing with my own two eyes, like a miracle and seeing how God can truly move in people's hearts when you give him the opportunity to, when you give him the space to. Um, I've said this before on TikTok. I preach to people that the church does not want to preach to. I preach to the witches. I preach to the unbelievers. I preach to people who work with deities outside of the Abrahamic. I preach to the queer people. That's who I'm here to serve. I'm not here to serve your cut and dry evangelical. And watching that community create itself just based on a love of Jesus and witchery and wanting to learn more that literally like you have no idea that kept me going through 2022 that kept me going through learning that I have permanent nerve damage and will probably be in pain for the rest of my life that kept me going through all of the chaos and all of the hardship that this accident has brought for me so now I look at my practice in two different ways. I have my public practice, my practice that's meant to help people, the practice that I share, the part of my practice that I show, how I teach people how to cast spells with the Bible, how I teach people, you know, different tarot spreads, how I read tarot cards with Jesus to give people channeled messages from him. That's my very public practice. But then I have my practice for me. And my practice for me revolves a lot around healing, healing my mental health, healing my spiritual health, trusting that even if I'm in pain, I can still do great things. Obviously, I wrestle with God a lot about justice and redefining my word of justice and what that means. I also work with Ashra, who I believe to be the Abrahamic Divine Feminine. I actually met her while I was in labor with Scott. I talk a lot about that story in the birth episode of the Jesus Witch podcast, which I could leave in the show notes page. But I work with her on recognizing creation and recognizing my role within the realm of creation. I started working with Loki to cope with the chaos that the accident brought me on top of being a stay-at-home homeschool mom who is raising one of the most chaotic Virgos you'd ever meet while simultaneously trying to create all of the things that I do for Jesus witches. I work with Lilith to help unpack the purity culture trauma that I experienced while I was in the ICOC. I also work with Lilith for the boss bitch vibes. She very much helps me step into a confident leadership role and I love her for that. More recently, I started working with the Roman goddess Venus. I've been working with her a lot on healing the resentment that I feel towards my body as a result of the accident and as a result of being a chronically ill person. Um, I just feel like my body's not normal a lot. Like I'm in pain all the time. I have no energy because of how much pain I'm in. I have a whole slew of other issues because of my chronic health stuff that makes me feel so disconnected from my body and from my um, physical vessel. And I've been working with her to feel more glamorous in myself. Like she encourages me to wear makeup and to dress sparkly and to dress in pinks and, you know, really like do what I want with my body externally because internally I'm feeling the way that I do and what I can control is the external part. Um, so she really helps me feel my best in that way and really like honor the things that I want to do and the ways that I want to look. I also work with St. Paul. I work with him very closely on coping with my pain, especially as like somebody who is more open with their practice and like, I guess you could call me kind of like a preacher in a sense. 
in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul talks all about how he has this thorn in his side. He asked God to take it away, but God did not take it away from him because he said that his grace is sufficient enough and that his power is made perfect in weakness. So then Paul goes on to say, therefore, I boast about my trials, my tribulations, the persecutions, because where I am weak, he makes me strong. He teaches me a lot about accepting the body that I'm in and learning how to cope with it and work with it, even when it doesn't necessarily match my energy. And then, of course, my main deity, my go-to guy, the thing I do most everything with is Jesus. I work on Jesus with healing. Whenever I go to therapies to work on my chronic pain, I ask his energy to be there and for his hands to be on the practitioner's hands, healing me with them. I work with Jesus to let go of the resentment and the anger that I feel towards the people that have hurt my body. I work with Jesus to learn how to love myself again and to take care of myself. I am honestly not the best at self-care and taking breaks and like pacing myself with work. So Jesus works with me a lot on that. I'm a little stubborn with it. So it's been a hard lesson to learn, but we're working on it. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that Jesus has empowered me to do regarding like pacing myself and um, creating a more healthy schedule for me while working is he brought in like basically a business partner for me if you guys know if you're in the Jesus Witch Church you know Charlie hi Charlie they're listening to this right now because they're transcribing it so as I'm talking to them and I'm saying these things they're literally typing the words that I'm saying about them so hi Charlie <laughs> But not only do they transcribe the podcast, they literally, like, they take care of the Jesus Witch Church. Like, I bring people in there, and then they take care of it and, like, set the whole thing up, made it super organized, made it safe for everybody. Like, the, the reason that the Jesus Witch Church looks the way that it does and is the way that it is is because of Charlie. So round of applause for them for that one. They also help me come up with a content calendar and like ideas for the podcast and because of Charlie it doesn't feel like everything's just coming out of my brain and I have somebody to like bounce ideas and things off of. So you know Jesus has been working on me with that and then he brought in a partner for me for that so it's been balancing out a little bit better. I will say I'm gonna give myself credit and pat myself on the back for that one. Um, Charlie you should also pat yourself on the back for that one too. Yeah you deserve credit as well. <laughs> I work with Jesus for so many different things. I could literally talk for hours about why I work with him, which is why I created a podcast called The Jesus Witch Podcast, where I talk for hours about the ways that I work with Jesus. Whoa! But anyway, that's who I am. That's me, Lena the Jesus Witch, where I started and where I am now. Where would I like to go with the Jesus Witch Podcast? Ideally, I would like to create a physical church one day. My dream is to have a church where we go every Sunday and we preach the gospel in a witchy way and we let everybody into our church with open arms, no matter if they believe in God or if they don't, no matter if they work with Jesus or they don't, no matter if they work with the Abrahamic or pagan deities, I don't care. I want everybody to feel welcome in this space and it just be a place for us to come, listen to things about God, listen to you know bible stories about jesus sing some worship songs and just have a really good time together it would also be really cute if the physical jesus witch church had like a little metaphysical shop attached to it where other jesus witches could come and do readings and like sell their potions and like stuff i feel like it could be a really cool communal space so that's that's my goal for the jesus witch podcast it's to someday get us to have a physical jesus witch church location that's literally one of my biggest dreams on this earth. The rest of my big dreams, I keep close to my chest because I'm manifesting them for me and that's part of my practice. But anyway, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast and got to know me a little bit better. 
I really tried to go into detail and give you as much as I could about my story and like where I started and where I am now. And I gave you a little taste of where I really want the Jesus Witches to be. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on and subscribe to our new YouTube channel. I'm so excited for that. Please give it a little bit of a subscribe. I would appreciate it. Um, Also, you can follow me on Instagram and on TikTok, both Lena the Jesus Witch. YouTube is also Lena the Jesus Witch. And there are different ways that you could help support the show in the show notes page or the description of the YouTube video. If you're listening to us on YouTube, um, there's Patreon, Etsy, please to make donations there's also the link to join the jesus witch church which is our free discord group there so yeah head over to the show notes page and you'll find all of the things and all the places to find me and connect with me on so for this week's verse of the day since we're doing an updated meet lena the jesus witch episode i figured i would just share my favorite bible verse which i mentioned before um is second corinthians 12 i want to specifically share verse 10 i personally like it from verse 7 to 10 um i just absolutely love this passage and what Paul is saying here but anyway verse 10 says that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults the hardships the persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ for when I am weak then I am strong reading that verse this time brought tears to my eyes after like talking about everything that got me to this place because I just I resonate with that so so deeply um so I hope that that verse is a blessing to you as well and it resonates with you it is just something that brings me a lot of comfort and I hope it brings you comfort too but anyway that was this week's episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast thank you so much for listening I appreciate you and um uh all right bye